It's your boy Isaiah Smallman, and you're listening to episode 9 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. This week, we were supposed to talk about locations, but guess what? We didn't. I Guess We'll Do It That Way is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. If you like the show, go subscribe and rate us in iTunes. Okay, here's episode niner. Do you do this for your kids a lot? Is this like one of those uncle tricks? Well, see, this is the genesis of an uncle trick. Mm-hmm. You screw around, you figure something out because you're bored, and then you're like, next time you're at, a, you got a bullhorn or you're on a PA system at a mm-hmm. wedding or something for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You just whip those out. All the kids are impressed. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're on the internet. Ten million views. Well, welcome to uh, this is episode nine. Of, I guess we'll do it that way. John, how are you feeling? We made it to nine. Lucky I'm nine. About that. Lucky nine. Nine lives. Let's see if this is our ninth life and if we're out after this. So today we're talking about locations, which I mm. think could be really fun. But I was also thinking maybe it would be worth doing a quick. We'll, we'll get into all the things rollers, but I was thinking maybe we should do a quick, you know, existential crisis check in because last week oh, was no. kind of uh, kind of heavy, you know. And it I was felt heavy. Like we were a little sad, but it was good. It was good, but I felt like we were a little sad too. You know the band Led Zeppelin? Do I know the band Led Zeppelin? They got their name because um, when they first played somewhere, a guy in the audience thought that the band was so bad that he thought they went over like a lead balloon. A Led Mm. Zeppelin. Interesting. I love Led Zeppelin, and I also feel sort of apropos of our last episode. Hmm. (laughs) Explain. That's just a little shaggy dog joke for you. But I'm confused. Did you like the last episode? <clears throat> I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was dark. I thought it was heavy. Mm-hmm. I listened to it, and I thought, um, "Where, where are the jokes? Come on! Mm-hmm. I thought you got you. You were gonna give me another lettuce joke. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You guys are just sitting on here moping. Yeah, you did. You did fail hard on the uh, lettuce joke 2.0. You know, as it happens. Do we have one for this? Do Do we have one now? I actually heard one. I don't want to tell it because I heard it on another podcast. Somebody's going to hear it, and they're going to be like, you see, he ripped the joke. I mean, even though I'm- But if you're giving credit, if you're giving credit, you're giving credit. Yeah, I don't remember where I heard it from. I mean, it's pretty good. It's it's an okay joke. Why don't you just- Okay, why don't you just surprise us with it then? Yeah. Like later. Are you going to remember? Definitely, I won't remember. Okay, then I'll remind you. So, (laughs) all right. Let's talk about rollers. I keep getting a bunch- Everybody wants to know about rollers- I kind of underestimated how much people actually care about this project, which That's is sick. fine. No, people really see I'm getting blown up. Blown That's up very with good. a T. People are like, what's up with rollers? You keep not talking about rollers. I'm about to quit listening to the podcast if you don't talk. No, no one's saying that. But like everybody's just like, what's up with rollers? Everyone's and thinking I, it. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to bore you guys with my bullshit movie. But it, apparently that's why most people that, – that's one of the things they're interested in. <laughs> well, bring it on then. You Who can't deny knew? the people what they want. Who knew? I will it, totally admit that anytime somebody sends us anything mm-hmm. Hate as mail. a result, I, whatever panties. it is, I'm shocked. If Even when have I got a letter. Any, have you got any pairs of panties yet, John, in the mail? I, 
I have, but I'm pretty sure they're from my neighbor, Dolores. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh. You mow a lady's grass one time, and oh, boy. Oh, yeah. uh, no, no panties, but um, I'm looking forward to it, guys. They got to be laundered and in my size. It's a yeah, comfort if, thing. If you you know, send me some comfort. stinky panties, I'm sending them right back. <laughs> <laughs> but I am amazed and shocked when somebody spends any amount of their precious time to write anything to us, whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, hateful mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised people want to hear about the movies. Eh? So hit us. What's going on? Okay, so I feel like I've said this before. I feel like I'll say it again. But I feel like I'm feeling a lot of things. Feeling, mm-hmm. feeling, feeling, feeling. I feel like I'm kind of hitting a, a very exciting turning point where things, it's starting to feel like an actual project that actually might happen, which is mm. ironic because last week, as everyone knows, I was feeling the exact opposite, which is that this is a fake project that is not going to actually happen. Now I'm starting to feel like it's a real project and it might actually happen. It's starting to feel very real. What changed? So I think what is changing is, okay, so we're going out to some super fun actors to be in it, which is exciting. Um, Talk to me real quick. I, know I wish I could give this. names. I know you can't give us names, but tell right. us tell us like a sphere. Like are we talking about George Clooney movie actor? Are we talking about no, me no, 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 as no. an extra? We're not talking about George Clooney movie actors. We're talking about people that maybe – I'm going to say 30 to 50% of our audience will have heard of. Okay. So not people who no one has heard of or or not necessarily like, oh, I, I hear that name, Dog Franklin, and I can picture her face and I can think of five things she's been in. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, oh, yeah, like I've seen them in something. I feel or, like we're setting up a great podcast version of Clue here. Mm-hmm. Where you when – figure- uh, Yeah. Somebody somebody really wants to know, and mm-hmm. they're going to put the clues together. So I'm going to just try to keep sussing information mm-hmm. out of you. Yeah, okay. This The people that I am talking to, yeah, they're very successful, but they are not household names. They are in the middle. They're working, mm-hmm. talented people who are recognizable, but not necessarily uber famous. Right off the top of your head, without thinking, don't mm-hmm. say the guy or gal who it actually is, but mm-hmm. tell us somebody else that is comparable in the sphere. Mm. Okay, so let's say like somebody who would be like one of the leads on Silicon Valley, the HBO show. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, junior detectives, you know it's none of the people from Silicon Valley. Let's keep going. <laughs> Name every show he hasn't been in. So, or like, let's say you love the show The Americans or something mm-hmm. like that. It's I not love the, the title. Sh- it's not the biggest show on TV, mm-hmm. but maybe a lead in something like that, or maybe um... a, a key supporting role in a show of that nature. Or uh, Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, and I think we all have a picture of just exactly who it is. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Pattinson, I'm looking at you, buddy. Uh, look, if anyone writes in and guesses who I'm currently, I'm kind of out to, I, I am waiting on answers from a couple people. They are men, because I'm starting with the role of Rufus. Typical. And I know, I know. I'm probably just going to cast white men in every role. Oh, geez. Just have the dudes in drag. And just kind of like just go because I don't know if I don't know if the ladies can quite pull it off. 
Oh. Can't take certain risks. This is my first movie. I got to set myself up for success. Zay that at gmail.com. Hit him up. Male, that means a white male cast, crew, everything. Just got to cover my bases. Just finishing up this tweet to I'm uh, so glad. post about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I'm not famous enough yet that anyone bothers to take the time to take my words out of context. You know the guy. Be in trouble. There was a director, not to get off on a tangent, but there was a director, I can't remember his name, directed a bunch of big blockbusters, and somebody went through his Twitter, and like 15 years ago, he wrote all this crazy shit about mm. pedophilia and mm-hmm. murder. Did you hear about this about guy? This. Yeah, I think I read about him, yeah. I don't remember who it is, though. It basically ruined his career. We could easily find him, but his name is something very vanilla, like Brian Smith. Mm-hmm. And is he it just Brian got, Singer? I don't think so. I don't know. He I had some really different know. issues, yeah. We'll look it up and put notes in there, but it's nuts, dude. So somebody absolutely could go back, pull this out, and destroy you if slash when you get famous. I know, but see, the thing is then I would be like, yeah, 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 but what about the sentence right before it where I corrected myself? It's going to be edited out. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I hope I get that. I hope people care that much. Um, so we so, we we don't want to get in the weeds about characters because it's not what we're supposed to talk about. We're supposed to talk about no, no. Location. We can talk about whatever. I just you know people want to talk about rollers. Tell Let's me talk about, about the rollers. rollers. I want to know about rollers. No, so can you tell us who the leading are? Our audience members who I love, <laughs> who they're they're actually just interested in your projects. <laughs> you're mocking them. I'm like, stop caring what I work on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pay attention to me. There is this really insidious movement. I think John Ronson or somebody wrote about him called the pickup artist movement. It's not a movement. You hear about these guys. One of the tips that these pickup artists give these lonely young guys is to, they call it negging, N-E-G-G-I-N-G. Have you heard this? Mm -hmm. Where you just like rag on a girl like, oh, you're not that pretty. And (laughs) the idea is that it's supposed to make them, make you like them. It's so bad, dude. I think it works. I mean, I, I think instinctively, it does work. I think it works, but it's so no, sort of it, gross to teach people. Oh, it's that. hideous. No, it's it's so manipulative, and it's like it, it turns people into objects. You know, mm-hmm. it turns women into an object that can fulfill a desire that you have. It does not see people as people. Mm-hmm. That's messed up, though. Yeah, it's sad. If um, we have any pickup artists listening. Hit the road. Get your shit together. I don't even want you listening to this show, to be honest, unless you're going to actually listen and, like, get your shit together. <laughs> I think Sorry. a lot of that is just super <laughs> lonely, not confident dudes. I know. But, you know, that, there's no guy who's out there killing it that, who's dude. like, yeah. Nobody who's killing it is looking to, like, a guy named Phantom for tips mm-hmm. about dating women. Well, that's like, the, speaking of Tom Cruise, our favorite actor to talk about mm. on this podcast, that's kind of who he plays in um, Magnolia. Magnolia. What an incredible role. But, you know, I think a lot, to, to Magnolia's point, I think a lot of people who engage in that kind of behavior have some really deep wounds that they need to address, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know what? You're just going to have to embrace this, Uncle Zay, but I feel like my entire role on this podcast mm-hmm. is to derail us. But I was thinking yesterday, <laughs> I was walking around the house and I was thinking about the, talking to you and I was thinking about, you know, we have gotten some some stuff written in by people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are interested in film, yo. It's crazy. I Who think knew? a lot of people picture themselves. If you like film, you probably have pictured yourself making a movie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what type of movie? I like this about this movie. I'd incorporate something like that, like uh, a montage or this or that, you know? Mm-hmm. Music. I think a lot of people think about music when they think about mm-hmm. movies. But I, I, mostly it comes down to influences. Mm-hmm. And we've never really talked about this. You've never told us. And I think a lot of people are curious. Mm-hmm. I certainly am. Influences. Your influences Ooh. making rollers. Because we're going to talk about location. It's like, I don't even have a picture for what this actually is yet. Wow. What is this going to look like? Is it going to look like a gritty, like, sh- you know what I'm getting at. So hit us. Man, we might not even make it to locations today. Tune in next week Jeez for locations. Louise. No, 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 John, this is good. This is why you are the perfect co-host because you are a person who represents people who are listening to this podcast. And Mm. I, does it make sense? Like, I don't think I know what people who don't know about the film industry want to know you do though. So I think this is good and we're going to follow your instincts. Dude. Influences are a huge deal for me because I'm okay. This, this is almost more of like, this is something to bring up a lot. I think or, or will come up a lot in, a writing episode, which we will do sometime in the future, probably more than one. Influences, though, I'm a big fan. I really do buy into and believe the whole thing of, you know, good artists. Oh, shit. Let me look up the quote. Quotes, quotes, quotes. I know. There was a really bad storm here last night in Chattanooga, and I was convinced that the sky was going to open, that chariots were going to come down, and it was all going to be over. It was that bad, huh? It was serious, man. Wow. But then I remember the house I'm in has been up here for a hundred mm-hmm. years. That's so true. I am a yeah, little worried upset. though about your your like back deck. Yeah. It, it's kind of <laughs> held up by a couple of toothpicks and it's about twenty five feet off of the ground. It's very high uh, and it has it's very high holding it up. I was literally thinking, toothpicks, guys. I'm not kidding. You when can I walk barely down here see them to record this. They're so spindly. When I walk down in the basement to record this, mm-hmm. uh, I open the door, and it it just looks like if a guy were really into horror movies mm-hmm. and started a podcast, and it was a video podcast, and he really wanted to set a dark, foreboding, almost like a torture chamber mm-hmm. type feel for his background, you know? This is it. I got, like, blowtorches, saws Ooh. everywhere. It's like kind of dark. John, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I need you to be totally honest. I will not include this in the in the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this a cry for help? Is this your way <laughs> of outing yourself as a serial killer? Do I need to send the FBI to your house to dig up some bodies? Just tell me it's okay. I will help you. I was putting in this is, is that by way dark? of explanation. <laughs> No, not, not at all. By way of explanation. Because it's true I was, or because it's false? Well, you'll see. Right. I was put, I put, putting up some recessed lights in this basement. So I got the ceiling all ripped out, and I got these, like, wires running everywhere. And as I was putting this up, like, I don't know, a month ago, mm-hmm. the cat was down here with me playing. And so I tied. Not doing her job, as usual. I tied a rope up through the rafters. And let it hang down, like, I don't know, three or four inches off the ground, right? Because the cat kept, like, clawing at me yeah, while yeah. I was working. I'm trying to get these wires up. I'm doing all So I just tied up a rope for her so mm-hmm. she would stop messing with the wires and me. And so she's batting this little thing around. She's loving it. She's going crazy. Mm-hmm. But I left it up. And a few days later, somebody came down for whatever reason, you know, a friend or whatever came in the basement with me. 
And actually, it wasn't a friend. It was one of my life partner's friends who had come to mm. visit. And they walked in the basement, and there is this rope hanging tied up off of the ceiling. And it looks like a noose, you know? It looks mm. like I was trying to hang myself. <laughs> and she girl, like, turned to me and put her hand on my shoulder. <laughs> and she's like, are you okay? And I, honest to God, I could not tell if she was joking or not. Wow. To me, it's like, what? You know, come on. You're kidding, right? John, not to get, not to, you know, again, not that I don't trust you, but um, Mm -hmm. would you be comfortable giving me that person's phone number right now so that I can call them (laughs) and make sure that they're still alive? (laughs) There was a guy, I heard about a guy who wrote a book about, who is like a crime fiction writer, you know? We should, we we should probably get back on topic unless this is like the best story ever. It's a good story. The guy was a crime fiction writer. He wrote a book right about a month after his wife went missing. Okay about how you could kill and dispose of your wife's body. Kill your wife and dispose of her body. And dude, 30, basically it boiled down to like digging a pit somewhere and sticking in concrete. 30 years later, the guy had sold his house, moved to a different country. The guy who bought his house started digging up the backyard and sure enough found a concrete pad with that author's wife in it. Uh -uh. Guy went to jail, baby. He's in jail right now. Whoa. If he's not dead. Why did the police yeah. not do that within days of him publishing the book? I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's crazy. Okay, back to the point. I think this is a typically, this quote that we 25 minutes ago started talking about, this quote because of influences. <laughs> uh, Pablo Picasso is usually attributed to, you know, this is usually attributed to him. And everybody's heard this, but good artists copy, great artists steal. And I kind of embrace that. I'm not going to necessarily say exactly what I stole from what yet because it's just that'll be more fun to kind of talk about once the movie's out. But mm. there's a lot of influences. I think um to 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 be on a broad level, a huge goal of mine is I don't want to make a movie that feels like a lot of the movies that are coming out right now, which is that there's this look and feel and even comedic style that is very clean and very um, sort of realistic in a way that I actually think is unrealistic. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, the, the, it's a, it, both in the way they're shot because of the digital revolution. Everything is really clean and perfectly lit and polished and... It's almost like auto-tune for mm, film. Yes, 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 yes. And I like analog, you know? Mm-hmm. I like um, I like the mistakes. I like the scratches in the record. I like – I've been listening to The War on Drugs just obsessively lately. I'll link to the album, and he's got a new album out that won, you know, best rock album of the year. And I didn't even know I, – I don't keep track of music that much. But somebody showed it to me, and, I mean, he just – he does everything himself. He does it all on, like, old crappy analog uh, equipment, and but everything yeah. just has this richness to it. And I don't know that I'll shoot on film or not. I, I'm, I'm still exploring that on a cost level and, and all that kind of stuff. But there's something about I, – I, I really I, – I'm very influenced. I'm very inspired by specifically a few directors like Robert Altman is a big one. He's probably most famous for directing MASH, which was turned into mm. an incredibly popular TV show. But Ooh, Wasn't that vice versa? No, he made the movie and then the show came out of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great show. I've never seen the movie. The movie's terrific. The show? Is it really? He mm. also made what? Born on the 4th of July? No, that was, uh, I think that was Oliver Stone. 
He also made um, he made um, the player Fourth of is July. One. He made, <laughs> he he also made a movie called Eight and a Half, and uh, <laughs> La Dolce Vita. Uh, no, no, no. But, but I will link to a movie called The Long Goodbye, which is Nashville. He made Nashville. he made Nashville. That's a very famous one. That's what the I was Long Goodbye. Um, California Split. He's done a little, I mean, mm. he made a ton of movies, but right. the one that has been a ginormous influence on me visually in terms of its comedic style in terms of because he does a lot of everything is very gritty and it's very real and people kind of talk over each other and the lighting isn't always perfect and the sound isn't Mm. always perfect but as a result of that it actually feels more like life in a weird way in a way that i think the polished internet-y feel feels Mm -hmm. fake because that's not how we see the world you know we don't see the world perfectly most people see – think of how much time people spend on their phones. Mm-hmm. An insane amount. See, if but you, I know, but that's kind of what I'm resisting, you know? Right. I want right. to take but people are, out of that Do you become the old world. guy who's like, get off my lawn, or do you embrace the new wave, baby? Well, here's the thing. I'm not necessarily saying the new wave is bad. I'm just saying mm. as a filmmaker, I have to figure out a way to transport you to another place. Otherwise, what the hell is the point of even watching this movie? To tie it back to Robert Altman, it's like you're trying to make the Prairie Home Companion of films. He did make Prairie Home Companion, the movie. And he apparently did. it's really good. But I've think never about, seen it. It's okay. Think about um, what Prairie Home Companion, the show, is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a throwback. It's a little more extreme than what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But, you know, it's an old-fashioned radio drama. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not a drama, but a variety show. Yeah. Well, and, and here, here's and the thing. Amazing. No, t- for sure. And that's the thing is, like, I think there's totally a place for – I'm not – no, I'm not, like – I'm not against anything that's going on right now necessarily. I just think you have to find – As an artist – Hmm. I have some issues with Mumblecore. There's some great. <laughs> Tell us what it is. First. Well, Mumblecore, first of all, is not this kind of like monolithic group. You know, sure, like it's it's more sure. it's like any movement. Like people are on the fringes of it. They they dip into it. They dip out of it. It's not like this group of people. But it did kind of arise out of something. I think it came from a great place, which was we're gonna make stuff without permission. We're gonna make stuff without money. We're just gonna make stuff. I think that is great. What I think is a problem is making stuff that's mediocre because you don't want to spend the time to make it great that i have a Mm. huge problem with and i think that is one of the let's call it disposable filmmaking i don't want to make a disposable movie i want to make a movie Mm. that could have come out in 1975 in some senses but also couldn't have come out in 1975 because it's my story or it's something that i'm experiencing and it is relatable to current day people but it's also something that's going to feel just as relevant and just as worth watching in 20 years. You know, I heard it. So Bo Burnham, I mean, all right, let's do a little, this is what you should watch this week segment. This is what you should watch this week. Hey, welcome to this is what you should watch this week. John, this is, uh, this is lovely to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh, are we doing a new segment? We're, this is amazing. We're doing a new show, actually. We're going to call Holy it... Holy crap. Yeah, let, this is a show within a show. This is what you should watch this week. Welcome to welcome to, welcome to. to This Is What You Should Watch This Week. I'm your host, Isaiah Smallman. And I'm Lil Johnny Bear. Lil Johnny Bear, I've got... I never get sick of doing that. Lil Johnny Bear? I know you don't. I, I love it. it. It really tickles well, me. Well, you should, considering that this is a new show, I love that you now have the same persona on two the shows. The same alter ego. <laughs> I'm very creative. Little Johnny Bear has a lot to give the world. So, mm. Little Johnny Bear, while while mm. we're doing this little segment of this is what we should watch this week, 
I, I was thinking we should tell people what to watch this week. How do you feel about that? I love it. This week, I want everyone listening to go out while you still can. You have some time left. Go see the movie Eighth Grade. It Ooh. is by, speaking of, I, I think I can't think of anyone more equipped, prepared, whatever, to speak to. Okay, uh, let's go back to the real show. Welcome to this is, the, the, welcome, what, 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 um, <laughs> welcome to, I guess we'll do it that way. Hey, we're back. That was a good, Yo. that was a really good episode, don't you think? Oh my gosh, it was okay, great. Well, now we're back at the this is I guess we'll do it that way episode. Um speaking of influences, I've I've been very inspired by a guy named Bo Burnham who mm. got famous by making what I would call, you know, kind of disposable YouTube content, which I have absolutely no problem with. But he was a YouTube guy and he was on Vine and a bunch of other stuff. And then he started doing stand-up comedy, and it was very sort of self-referential. It very much commented on kind of the status of things. It was very meta, and it's really good. I'll link to the, his, his uh, specials on Netflix. Then this dude is kind of a genius. I would – oh, my gosh, I would love to get him on the show so bad. Well, I'm going to start working on that. I mean he's, he's going to be in a nearly impossible get, but I'm just going to go for it. Bo, if you're listening, please come on the show, Bo. Please. Teddy Bronson will thank you forever. Ooh, Teddy Bronson. Teddy Bronson's still listening. He wrote me the other day. This, I got a. I got a. It was private uh, though. I'm not going to read it on the air. I got a little note from Teddy Bronson about this is no joke about what to do in Sheboygan. Mm. I really did. Oh, did and you it's actually? <laughs> I really did. It's actually uh, great advice. What is it? Hit me. Uh, it's. He told me this is not a joke. He texted me and told me to go to Harry's in downtown Sheboygan and get an open face brat sandwich and a Miller High Life. Wow. His this is true. His quote is best thirty minutes of your life. Dang. Teddy, I like Teddy your Bronson, style, you know baby. You are. Miller Light yeah. is a highly underrated beer. Is it really? In the right context, it's the only beer I want to drink. There's tra- the context. Uh hot at a dive mm. bar. I'm sweating. I'm at a dive bar and it's um in a, a a soccer game or a football game is on. What else do you want to drink? You don't want to drink some hoppy ass IPA that's going to give you cotton mouth. You want to drink a Miller yep. Lite. You want to be refreshed. Yo, uh, although I bar. would, I would in some cases exchange a Miller Lite for a BL Num, aka what? Bud Light uh, Platinum. Uh, a BL Dad Num. Boner. Yeah, exactly. Dad There's a bar. Boner. What Some... happened to Dad Boner? Dude. Does it still exist? I don't know. We got to get Dad Boner on. Oh my gosh, dude! What if we could get Carl Weltzine on the show? They they outed the guy. They found out who it I is. I know, but dude, what if we could get Carl Weltzine on our show? <laughs> I'll leave it in your hands. I'm working on it. Him and Bo, baby. Wow, that would be a lineup. Bo Bo Burnham. He made a movie called. Bo Burnham made a terrific movie called Eighth Grade. He did these stand-up specials, and then this dude is is kind of a marvel. I think he's only now 28, which means he started writing this movie probably when he was 25. And it's a movie when I originally heard, oh, there's a 28-year-old dude making a movie about an eighth-grade girl, Hmm. I was like, hmm, sounds shitty. But Hmm. reviews started coming out, and people were like, holy crap. And dude, I gotta say, it's really, really good. I mean, it's really, really good, and it's really deep. And it, I was crying at the end, dude. And and I was what? I'm not kidding, dude. I was genuinely on a real, real moved. level. I was moved, and I was thankful. 
Like I was thankful for the huh. experience that I had, and I actually Instagrammed at him, and I was like, and I meant every word of this. I was like, I needed this movie when I was in eighth grade, and I didn't have it, and I think, I think it would have actually really had an impact on me even then, because it's just, man, dude, it's so deep, it's so good, and I just was so thankful that he figured out a way to tell that story and the girl who's in it she's going to be a, a movie star man she's incredible so what's her name elsie fisher elsie fisher yeah yeah you needed this when you were in eighth grade uh although i doubt you would have been able to see it in the baltimore county lockup <laughs> everyone needs to go back i linked to a picture in the show notes of that episode no in the episode with my when my dad was on i don't remember I, that was probably episode seven I linked to a picture of the um, the police station, and guys, it looks like a castle. Whoa. Yeah. Let's so be go for back real. To the How does notes. somebody, when you've asked me, when you've forced me to listen to the podcast, I listen mm-hmm. through Stitcher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How do I see these links and stuff you're talking about? Mm, there's probably like a little info button or uh, a more button or a description button. We, we should start a little segment where you tell me how to use technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Bo Burnham, go see 8th grade. It's still in theaters. See if you can. The, the, but part of what I brought that up for is that he commented in a podcast that I heard recently. He was talking about how, and I, and I couldn't agree more with him, and I think he articulated it really well. He was just saying how he, as an artist, isn't interested in kind of this – well, let me look up what he said. I, I actually wrote it down because it was really good. Roger, I'm sorry. Quotes. Um, um, oh, no. Where'd it go? Next time there's a long pause like this, I'm going to tell my lettuce joke. Tell it. Oh, man. Somebody is going to have heard this on another podcast. No, 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 no. It's fine. <clears throat> I doubt it. Uh, basically, a guy... <laughs> I forget where I heard this, but... A guy goes into a grocery store, and he's trying to buy a half a head of lettuce. Mm-hmm. And so he says to the guy behind the counter, he's like, yo, dude, I need a half a head of lettuce. And the guy's like, well, we don't sell half heads of lettuce. We have whole heads of lettuce, and you can cut it in half. And the guy's like, dude, I don't have time for that. I need a half a head of lettuce right now. Get your manager. And the, the clerk's like, ah, oh, gee, all right. So he goes in the back. He's walking to the back, and he starts to yell for the manager. He says, hey, uh, hey, Richard. Some asshole here wants half a head of lettuce. And he turns around, and the guy's standing right there. The guy who wanted the lettuce is standing right there. So he says, uh, and this gentleman would like the other half. <laughs> um, pretty good. It's okay. It's pretty good. It's, it's not, not as, as good as, as the, the other iceberg one. one. It's no. not as good as the iceberg one. But you know what? It's, it's totally clean. Mm-hmm. You could swap out asshole for any other word you want. Mm-hmm. That's you true. You can tell it to your nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. It's a versatile joke. Don't yeah. sleep on that joke. It's I know you're always. I do know you're always. Uh, you're always on the hunt for a niece and nephew trick. That's one thing. I've I always try to bust their guts. Yep. But um, <laughs> all right, hit so, us with the quote. Well, I can't find it. Um, oh no. I know, right? So lame, dude. How are you gonna bring up a quote and then not? I, I mean, I could keep looking for it if we want. Well, Bo Burnham, so we should see this movie. I'm going to go see it. Is yeah. it in theaters? Uh, it is in some theaters still, and it's not going to be probably for super long, but I, I, again, I really highly recommend it. I think it's worth making the trip. Is rated R? Yeah, it's rated R. It's it's real, man. They they do not mess around. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't mean that in like a, 
you know, in a gratuitous way, I just mean it just doesn't hide from itself. It doesn't try to polish things. It doesn't try to make it cinematic in a false way. It tries to lean into the reality of the situation into quiet moments between characters and like little looks. I mean, those are the things that matter, you know, Mm. it's little stuff and it's little decisions we make and sometimes they feel big to us but it's usually just a couple people having a moment together you know that's the kind of stuff that i don't know I, that, that that's the kind of stuff that lasts to me and it's not just like bit comedy and it's not silly internet stuff and it's not ultra socially relevant movies that just force an issue and just kind of beat you over the head with it and it's not entertainment for entertainment's sake i mean all that stuff is fine i guess but i my influencers are kind of like i want to make stuff that feels sturdy you know i want to make stuff that feels like you could watch it a third time and it would actually get better because you watched it again not something where you're like cool i saw that great guess it's over now and even sketches i mean good comedy like uh, good key and peel sketches they just grow inside you man they get better because they're just so smart, they're so insightful, and they also happen to be hilarious. But a lot of that stuff is very to the time. Like if you go back and watch, yeah, stuff might that's still exactly be relevant. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but if you go back and watch, for instance, there's a uh, is it Eddie Murphy? There's an SNL Eddie Murphy skit he does where he's walking down the street as a white guy. Oh, he gets makeup dude, put that's on. one of the greatest things SNL has ever made. It's a great, great skit, but it also and it's still totally relevant, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels completely dated. It does, but don't you think there's a difference between feeling dated and feeling irrelevant? Yeah, absolutely. Because That's a good I, example. Because I think that bit, it's so grounded in the time, and it's so grounded in even just the way it looks that mm-hmm, right. it feels less dated than something that's trying in a different way to sort of capture an entire moment, you know, Mm. it's just being what it is. I I don't know if that actually, I'm saying it now and I feel like I'm, I'm missing something in, in how I'm saying it, but I, I just think there's something to, there's a timelessness to a movie like Casablanca or something like that, where it's so that thing it's, it is the epitome of that thing. And yet it's, good and it's so grounded in that thing that it actually does what I think movies should do which is kind of transport you out of your you know your malaise and it should take you even if it's it's taking me like eighth grade does even if it's taking me back to easily my least favorite phase of life I mean eighth grade was brutal I do not want to go back to eighth grade but there's something so therapeutic about going back to eighth grade and kind of reliving some of those moments and being like whoa I'm not alone other people feel these same things, you know, and it just kind of takes you there in a really cool way. I don't know the rollers will do that. I mean, it, back to the kind of the original question. I mean, those are, you know, influences to me are, are, are people like P.T. Anderson who, you know, like let's take Boogie Nights. That's an influence. Like Boogie Nights is, is about, you know, whatever, late 1980s, I guess, L.A. and the porn industry. I don't know anything about that, but then at the same time, it's this kind of beautiful escape into this like really tragic, sad world, but it's also funny and it's also, you know, like the, to me, I love stuff like that captures real life in that way. I mean, it's heightened, it's different, it's escape, but it also, it treats characters like people, you know, sometimes they're sad, sometimes they're happy, sometimes 
they make dumb decisions. Sometimes they're heroic. They're yeah, rarely any one thing. Is, is phenomenal. I mean, that, and that movie is incredible. It's hard to watch yeah. if you if you don't like that kind of content. But yeah, it's magical. I mean, those char- you really believe that those characters exist. They're mm-hmm. real people feeling real things. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. he wrote that when he was like eighteen. It's insane, dude. Where do his ideas come from? I mean, he he's got so much creativity. I, I just he's incredible. There is an answer to that. He had some peripheral connection to the porn industry. Mm. And when he was a kid, I forget what, maybe he sh- worked on Or like sets? a neighbor. I, I think it maybe like he said like he had like neighbors or something. Like Because it was back when a lot of porn right. was just kind of being shot in like houses or whatever. But I mean, the fact that he could descend to those levels of depth. But I mean, the other thing too that I love about someone like P.T. Anderson or Robert Altman, and Altman was a huge influence on P.T. Anderson or, or Wes Anderson or whatever is, is – um, I heard a really so so actually the patron saint. This is kind of a joke, but kind of not. The patron saint of Mama Bear is um, Michael Arndt. He's still alive, so he can't technically be a saint. But he wrote Toy Story three. He wrote mm. Little Miss Sunshine. He wrote Star Wars: The Force Awakens before he got fired. Oh baby, I know it's kind of that's juicy. some good credits. I know. Well, and he actually so I had a, a shout out to Austin Film Festival, which is coming up in October. We went to Austin Film Festival. He was there. Gave easily the best lecture on screenwriting I've ever experienced. He did two of them. Mm. Both of them were life-changing is not an exaggeration. They completely changed the course of Mama Bear, completely changed the course of my career. But they're just so good. But part of, that's why he's the patron saint of Mama Bear. And uh, shout out to Michael Arndt. Michael, if you're listening, dude, you're the best, man. Anyway. Does he know this? Does he know that he has this accolade? No, I, I don't know how to get in touch with him. I have his email, but you know, I don't even know if it's actually his email and I don't want to bug him. I emailed him once and I didn't hear back, which is totally understandable. He's kind of reclusive. I think I don't think he really likes being out in the spotlight, but if I were a Hollywood mogul, I would definitely have two sets of business cards. Oh, for sure. The burner cards have got to be part of your, your, your uh, arsenal anyway, but he was super cool. And so part of what's so great about Austin film festival is that most of it takes place at this cool old hotel in downtown Austin called the Driscoll. And, um, it's so fun because, like, Michael Arndt's there. I hung around after the talk. I talked to him for, like, 20 minutes, and he was super chill. And then later, I see him just kind of sitting at the bar with, like, two or three other people had talking. And I was like, Psh, all right, I guess I'll go hang out. And we ended up hanging out for, like, three hours. And he, like, bought me drinks. I, like, tried really hard to buy him drinks. And he was like, no, 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 dude. He bought everybody's round. He was like, guys, this is my Star He's like, this is my guilty Star Wars money. And uh, it was, like, the coolest experience ever. But he um, – how did I get on Michael Arndt? He's the patron saint of your company. He's the patron saint. He's a huge influence. He talked about how there are kind of these prickly, unsanded, sharp edges around the work that you make if it's coming from like a really true place. And I think that's a lot of what's missing from a lot of the vanilla kind of milquetoast bullshit that's getting made right now. I want some sharp edges. Like I want stuff that doesn't totally make sense. For instance, like in Boogie Nights, the guy lighting firecrackers. Why the hell is he lighting firecrackers? I don't know. But is that scene at the end, that scene without him lighting firecrackers? No, not even close. You know, like there's weird stuff like that. Like I want to, as an artist, I'm like, I want to find those weird things that make a movie feel totally unique and totally kind of singular as opposed to, 
how do I check the boxes that sort of make it a movie, quote unquote? That's the stuff that I'm just bored with, you know? You know, the firecracker scene always mystified me in a way, but it all, you're right. It adds so much realism to that scene. Like these people are so nihilistic. They don't, they have all these drugs, all these weapons in the house. Right. And they're so flippant with their freedom and their lives that the kid is just shooting firecrackers off in the house. It's really sort of surreal. And it, it really is. captures the craziness of the time. And that's the thing is I think what great movies can do is they can take weird ass moments like that and somehow despite the fact that they feel completely unreal can actually, this is actually, so one of my biggest influences finally kind of continuing this, this train of thought apologies, everyone for being bored. I feel like this is a not very funny episode again. I feel bad, but you hey, know what? If you it, just rewind my lettuce joke, or let yeah. it sink in. Well, listen, actually we, man, we're, we're way into this episode. We haven't done the mail yet. I think we need to do the mail. Oh, no. I think we need to do the mail, John, and then we can jump back in. How's that? Okay, let's do the mail. Right. The mailbag. We need to come up with a mail jingle. Uh, yeah. I'll sit on the piano for a few hours and bang uh-huh. one out. Okay. All right. We'll have it ready by the time this episode launches. So <laughs> we got a little bit of mail, not a ton. We've gotten, uh, John, I've been getting blown up with a T about your uh, comments about Fellini, for one. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. People are not happy with the fact that you think most of Fellini's catalog is garbage. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Yeah, well, surprise me. I mean, come on. Yeah. What movie holds a flame to those two? I don't know. I don't know, but we'll, um, there are some people in our lives who know a lot and might be able to answer that question, and um, we're going to potentially talk to them about that. So oh my stay tuned. Not right now, but um, oh. I know. So yeah, people have been uh, people have been kind of blowing us up, bro. But we like we have it. some okay, well. we have some people in our lives who are who are experts, and oh, yeah, I'm excited right. to talk to them about perhaps why why you're wrong. So I some of them might write in. We might have someone on the show. We'll see. Bring it on. Bring this is it the on. Kinda, I know John can handle himself. All of you I'll out there, go, I'll have to go see these movies though. All of you, I know exactly. You, don't don't notes. pick a fight you can't win, bro. Um, <laughs> that's the story of my life. So that that was kind of the general mail, but you know none of that's necessarily worth reading. We we obviously got Teddy Bronson writing in. Thank you, Teddy. Steady yep. Teddy. Steady my Teddy. Favorite baby. journalist in the Midwest. What a great guy. Um, Can I make one quick overarching parenthetical note about all this? I want to say that I, I this didn't even make it in the show. Mm-hmm. This what I'm saying right now might not make it in the show. Mm-hmm. But I went on a rant about Bruce Springsteen. I oh, trashed him. I said he was sucked. The music sucked. I was driving in the car with my kids the other day, and a song came on, and we were totally bopping to it. We loved, we were loving it. Mm. And I looked down, and who should it be but Little Bruce Springsteen? Yes. What song was it? It's called Fever, and it's very Ooh. good. It's an early blues we'll it. jam. It's pretty sick, you know. And yeah. I stand corrected. Uh, that's a good Bruce Springsteen song. He does have one song that doesn't suck i'll give him that awesome you know that's the, the song th- is fever that's what i love about this show john this show is about standing corrected maybe we should rename it i stand corrected correct that has to be a show uh that sounds like not, some egghead npr show where they're like if it's I, not oh, at the end if it's not john we should start another show called i stand corrected and it's basically just us making wild unsupported claims about everything under the sun and then being corrected by our audience members. How will that be any different than the current podcast we're doing? 
It's like one time I always talk a big game about cooking. Ah, <laughs> it's so true. I oh, talked a big game about cooking, and like one time I was cooking something, and for whatever reason I decided to fry up some avocado. And my wife, my life partner, just turned and looked at me and was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, trying something new." And she's like, "That's not gonna work." How did it go? It didn't work. Oh man, I stood corrected. Yeah. Or did you sit corrected? So you sat at KFC's corrected. So we're going to have some continued conversation about Fellini. But in the meantime, John, I think you're going to find this piece of mail interesting. We've got a mail. I like saying a mail. Mm. We've got a mail from European. Shepherd of Annapolis. What? Shepherd writes, awesome show. Definitely a highlight on my way to school once a week. Shepherd, thank you, bro. Glad you're enjoying it. He Hope writes, you're enjoying Annapolis third grade. <laughs> we have third graders listening? I don't know if they should be listening to the show. Uh, you know what? They can do what they want. You're a grown-up. Listen to what you want, kids. Shepard <laughs> continues, This past episode, you talked about bowel movements and how this recent one was definitely not your best. Have you mm. ever tried a squatty potty? If so, uh, did you like go. it and did it help? Shepard, so glad you asked. I'm always looking for a good excuse to dive into some bowel movement conversations. John, have you ever tried a squatty potty? Uh, yeah, you go first. I want to hear yours. Well, we went to Asia. You know that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the second you get off the plane in Indonesia, you're you're in a different country. Mm-hmm. You know, both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And you walk into the bathroom, and it, it's, uh, you know, it's like a hole with some, some bars to support yourself. And like a dude standing there with a hose, you know. <laughs> and there are pictures. I've got I've got some of these pictures, but there are pictures. We're, we'll that put them in the show notes for sure. They illustrate how you defecate in these holes. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow! And it's like, don't sit on it, Westerner. Squat. <laughs> it's horrifying, but you know what? The, luckily, in at least in Indonesia, they have Western toilets too. But yeah, I've used a squatty potty. It's I. I like it. Shepard, yeah. to answer your question, I have a squatty potty. I use what? it all the time. That is so decadent. It's really not that decadent. It's a piece of plastic. I go the opposite direction. I go more towards like the Japanese way, you know, like a bidet. You like to just stand with locked knees and just let shit dribble down your thighs? <laughs> wow. I don't. You need to change. If that's how you're going to the bathroom, you need to change your no, diet no, immediately. No, no, that's. I, <laughs> Sorry, that was so nasty. People are that's totally good. turning this off. Apparently not. All the feedback we've got, we're like pouring our hearts out. No, no one gives a rip. No and the one, second you start uh, talking about your defecations, everyone's going nuts. The biggest laughs I've ever gotten from stand up were because of defecation jokes. I've got a handful. I oh man yeah I can't wait to hear them I want to hear one right now no it's, top, you can't, can't you got a top the like lettuce that. joke I can't set it up like that the squatty potty though is it's just a lot of work for a lot of nothing you know it's not that much better if your diet's good you're pooping right you don't need to squat you just sit on the toilet you'll be fine yeah it's not that much work though you I don't like carry don't it around in paper. my purse with me right right so you have it at home I have it at home but dude you're right good good diet it helps a lot. But at the same time, it just helps you go a little quicker. Mm. It just kind of just straightens that little colon right out. A lot of people sit on the pot and stare at their phone. Oh, for sure. It's a terrible thing for you. I wonder if hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids yeah, I was going to say, have hemorrhoids been on the rise because of phone usage? 
I don't know, but I'm going to buy some stock. Hemorrhoid Cream Company. Mm. Mm. Great yeah, idea. I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. You know, Let people know have like neck one. problems, permanent neck problems because they're staring at their phone. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So let's get back into it, though. Shepard, thanks for that lovely, lovely question. I hope you were enlightened. So, but we were talking about influences. I was going to say one major, major influence. I, I don't know how you feel about this. It's, I know some people that hate this person. Ah. I have a tattoo that I got from the cover art of one of his Criterion Collection DVDs and a different one of his movies I kind of feel like was the first movie I ever watched where I thought, I want to make movies for the rest of my life. That You're person, talking, of course, about Rob West Zombie's Ang- House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Wes Anderson. And uh, Life Aquatic was the first movie. And I don't know that it, that's his best, but it was the first one I saw that made me feel that way. And he's another guy who just, I think part of the reason I love him as an influence is speaking of those kind of rough edges mm. and the way that those rough edges can actually almost be more real. I think that in the way that an impressionist painter can capture a sunset in a way that a realistic painting of a sunset maybe gets the details right, but does it really capture the way a sunset feels when you're looking at it and the way that like you actually kind of perceive it? I would argue that maybe, but maybe not. And I think in the same way, People like directors like Wes Anderson or even P.T. Anderson, the Anderson brothers Mm. are just (laughs) they're just on it. But I I think the way that those guys, especially Wes Anderson, can almost with his heightened style, which a lot of people resist, I think Mm. that that has a way of disarming some of the defenses that we put up. And some of the things that we're, we're like, let's take the Royal Tenenbaums, which is the tattoo that I have. It's kind of a, in some ways, kind of an intense family drama with some real trauma going on mm-hmm. and a really shitty group of people in a way. But, and some weird stuff, like a brother falling in love with his adopted sis, all this kind of stuff that's like pretty intense, but he couches it in this heightened style that I think allows you to lower your defenses because you're like, oh, that's not like me. That's some silly story. But then all of a sudden you realize he took you to a level of depth that you were not expecting. And he took you there kind of covertly. And all of a sudden you got roped in. And all of a sudden you realize you find yourself thinking about these things on a more deep level, deeper level than you originally expected. And that's people who do that, directors that are able to do that, I really like. You know, I've got no problem with like a straight up the middle kind of in your face drama. But as a filmmaker, I definitely find myself being like, I want to... I want to kind of surprise you with how deep I'm going to go. I don't want you to walk into this thinking, ooh, this is going to be heavy. I want it to end the same way like a Pixar movie, you know, Toy Story 3 ends and you're like, whoa, that took me on a ride that I was not expecting. You know, I was expecting to watch some funny kids movie and I ended up realizing that I just learned kind of a major truth about growing up and family, you know? Yeah, totally. I uh, think, that would be uh, my number one goal. Those are my number one influences. Yeah, Wes Anderson. It's a, it's a little thorny talking about him. It's like yeah, every podcast that has white guys on it is eventually going to meander around to their love of Wes Anderson, sure. I feel like. Well, but some people hate him. I think people that hate him, they only hate him because people like him. Hmm. Right? If, if he were some obscure guy and they found him first and nobody liked him. They would go nuts. They would. I think. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people think he's gimmicky. Mm, mm-hmm. 
I personally really like him. Rushmore is Oof. a really fine. It's a fine, fine movie. It's wow. a great movie. Yeah. And I saw it as a kid in high school, and I was like, "This is amazing." You know, somebody gave me the VHS of it, and I watched mm-hmm. it like a million times. Um, but yeah, I mean, is gimmicky? Come on, you're being for real. You just don't like it because people like it. I know, but some people say it's gimmicky. Person, come on. Hey, if you like Wes Anderson, write us a note. If you don't, write us a note. I'm really curious to hear somebody that doesn't like it. I mean, you could say you don't like a certain movie. Oh, for sure. He's not perfect. But the entire, like, body of work? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Give me a break. It's pretty good. No, it's really good. Oh, we need to check in. Um, I think this is, John, you and I discussed this off air, but I think (laughs) that happens. Huh. (laughs) What? I think we should give... Because last week we kind of challenged people to write in about if they think they're doing their lives right. Um, And I'm very interested in that topic. But I kind of want to just let people have, I don't know, maybe even a couple months, you know, to potentially kind of write in about that. I I just want to let that question linger out there for a little while and kind of let people decide. You know, I want to make sure that people who are just finding the show can catch up and and also just people who aren't sure what to write yet. I, I kind of want people to, to think about it. And, and I think we can just kind of weave it into the rest of the show. How do you feel about that? I love it. All right. Well, What about the t-shirts? Who's getting a t-shirt? Dude, I just thought about t-shirts. You know what, John? Huh. I think we're going to have to do a bonus episode that's t-shirts. Oh, snap. Because this, this episode's already too long. Oh, snap. So I think we should do like a little midweek bonus episode. We can catch up on anything that's interesting. We can have a little bit of uh, fun, and then we can do the T-shirt giveaway and just make it like a little twenty-minute bonus episode. Maybe oh, we'll put it, it out. I will. You know, find we normally a legit release episode funny joke. I love it. I'm so pumped. I'm scour. All right, guys, come back midweek bonus episode. T-shirts, fun, excitement, <laughs> love, uh, death, tragedy. It's gonna be packed. I got a great song for us, too. Mm, for the bonus and episode. And the boys have been going through the entire funk catalog. We've got so oh, many great funk jams to share. Parliament funk? Just everything. P-funk. Uh, there's so many. We'll talk about it later. We'll do a whole funk episode. All right, cool. I think we should wrap this up. Bonus episode with T-shirts coming up. We normally release episodes on Tuesdays. I'm thinking we will put that out on a Friday for your little oh, baby. Friday ride home. How about that? Hope the cat makes it that long. Oh, baby. Okay, sweet. I'm pumped. You got a couple more days to write a review if you haven't yet. And uh, John, on that note, though, I would like to officially announce, I think we are like right on the cusp of 10-gallon hat territory. So I might have to go out and buy no. a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> Unbelievable. thousands of reviews, John. Tens of thousands. That's insane. That's not true. We do have quite a few, though, and uh, I'm really excited to reward some people with some T-shirts. That said, too, if you want a T-shirt and you don't end up winning, let me know. I will get you one. You just got to pay for it. What are the chances that this T-shirt doesn't go to one of your alias reviews? Ooh. Well, there's only... There's only the one that says Zay Smallman, and Uh I'll be honest, if I pick Zay Smallman out of the hat, (laughs) I'm giving myself a t-shirt. I'm playing by the rules, baby. Oh, dude, if I get it, I'm going to get the cat to sign it and keep it and wear it. All right, beautiful. So, uh, hey, guys, you're competing against me and Johnny Bear. Sorry. All right, well, on that note, join us midweek for a bonus episode. Bye. Ballin'.
All right, that's episode nine of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Join us later this week for a little bonus episode towards some silky soft t-shirts. And then come back next week when we finally talk about locations. I swear we're going to get to them. Today's show is produced by Isaiah Smallman and edited by Roger Middenway. Executive producer John Schimpf. Opening song is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro music is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Our cover art, that beautiful cover art, was designed by Ned Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios, you filthy animals. Feeling the heat of the desert air The journey is all I know It's your boy